Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Dead Letter, Chapter 19 Good morning, David. Did you sleep well? All right, I guess. How did you spend your evening? What did you do? Oh, nothing much. Wade had returned to his room from Scotland Yard at 3 a.m. He had only slept four hours. Julia had a light bounce in her step. I had a great relaxing evening and slept a bunch. I feel great. Good to hear, Wade said, without a trace of a bounce in his words. The two had met in the lobby at 7 a.m. sharp, as agreed upon the previous day. Wade appreciated her soft skills, punctuality being one of them. They headed towards the hotel restaurant for breakfast. Hewitt Fothergill was waiting for them at a corner table. David, I didn't know we were having breakfast with Hewitt this morning. Yes, I asked him to join us, to prepare us for our visit. Julia was not aware of a planned visit, but knew that she would shortly be apprised of their itinerary. As they approached the seated professor, Julia noticed him wearing the same crumpled tweed three-piece suit and bow tie, but today the color was different. Yesterday, brown. Today, gray. Her mind instantly conjured up an image of the nice professor's wardrobe a line of identical off-the-rack suits and matching bow ties, one combo designated for each day of the week. I guess that's one less thing for him to think on in the morning. This guy has Bachelor written all over him, concluding her thoughts with a soft inner smile. Wade and Hewitt caught each other's eyes and nodded. Hello again, Miss Cartier. Hewitt rose up to gallantly pull her chair. Mmm, Cartier, is that for the explorer or jeweler? Both, Julia replied with a mischievous grin. Wade smirked and shook his head. This running gag was slowly becoming a marathon. Hewitt was very cheerful. It's always good fun for me to be in London, and I look forward to our Abbey visit. Julia, upon hearing their post-breakfast destination, began polishing the already polished utensils, cup, and plate on the table in front of her. For the first time since they had met, Wade noticed her germ-phobic behavior, but he didn't mention it. The trio each ordered their food and beverage of choice. Then Wade turned to Hewitt and asked him to prepare them for the Abbey visit. The professor gladly began his private mini-lecture. When Elizabeth I of England died at Richmond Palace on March 24, 1603, it was an occasion of universal mourning throughout the kingdom. It was believed at the time that with her death she took one step closer to the angels. He smiled. For some days the body lay at Richmond and then was brought by barge to Whitehall Palace, not far from where we presently dine to lie in state. Thousands of Londoners turned out to see her funeral procession to the Abbey on April 28th. The long stream of mourners wound its way to the Abbey. The event was described at that time by a man who attended Elizabeth's funeral and later wrote, He reached for the tablet, then lifted his index finger with authority. 
There was such a general sighing, groaning, and weeping as the like hath not been seen or known in the memory of man. Pleased with his delivery, he looked at the faces seated with him for a reaction, but found none. Anyway, he resumed, a bit dejected, the coffin, draped in purple velvet befitting a queen of England, was borne on a chariot drawn by four grey horses, which were draped in a black livery. The coffin was covered by a large canopy, which was held by six knights of the realm. On top of the coffin lay a colored wooden funeral effigy of the queen, dressed in the finest of clothes bearing all the monarch's regalia. The carved model was so lifelike it made the people of London gasp. Again, Wade searched the two faces staring at him for a reaction, but found none. The chief mourners were all dressed in black. The queen's body was encased in lead within the wooden coffin, and first buried in the vault of her grandfather, Henry the Seventh, underneath his monument in the abbey. The Archbishop of Canterbury conducted the funeral service while the congregation wept. The choristers sang with musicians playing instruments. It was a grand spectacle, quite impressive. Reaching its climax, Hewitt's enthusiastic and colorful description had become contagious. Julia was mesmerized, not noticing the arrival of her food. Wade leaned forward. When was the queen's lead coffin closed for the last time? Ah, that is the million-pound question, Hewitt teased, raising his index finger towards the ceiling once again. Some say Richmond, others Whitehall Palace, but a few think at the Abbey, minutes before the church funerary service began. What does the gown legend say? Julia asked Hewitt, while buttering her whole wheat toast. The legend is silent on the matter. Silent. Wade offered Hewitt a pensive look, then turned to his meal. They ate hastily, in silence. Wade charged their meal to his hotel account, and then ceremoniously addressed his breakfast companions with a pinch of light-hearted drama as he struck an Elizabethan actor's pose. Let's go, my friends. Time to walk the hallowed interior of the Anglosphere's most revered location, Westminster Abbey. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Mark Vinette 
and I hope you enjoyed the listen. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.